Welcome to Win the Future, a podcast where we chat with folks who are tackling the most significant challenges our communities face today to make for a better tomorrow. I'm your host, Brett Broster. This is episode number nine. Welcome to another episode of Win the Future. I'm your host, Brett Broster, and I'm here today with a very special guest, a longtime friend and the owner and founder of JD Bath Company. Jasmine Duke, welcome. Hey, how are you? It's been quite some time. I know, I know. It's great to see you. So you have done amazing things over the past 20 years since I saw you last. One of them is starting a, a booming business. Can you talk a little bit about it? Well, this wasn't my first company, so I think I kind of always had that, you know, entrepreneur mentality. This has just been the most successful company um, that I've had. I've had failed companies <laughs> previous to this, which I think actually just builds character. Um, but yeah, I really started this one out of necessity. Um, I was having challenges with my products. I was ending up with chronic infections. Um, and I went to my OBGYN and I'm like, okay, something's wrong. Like I need you to help me. And um, I actually ended up seeing four OBGYNs and at the fourth one telling me like, well, you just can't have baths and you can't have like cute underwear and you can't have all these things. I started to think that doesn't really make any sense. Um, and so I really just was pissed. So I went on this mission to start trying to figure out how to solve my own problems. And in like solving that problem, I realized that a lot of the stuff that comes in our bath care products are counterproductive to helping our skin. If you're gonna soak in something counterproductive to helping you know, your sensitive parts that are in the tub with the water. And so I started formulating my own products. Um, that was almost three years ago. And so I just started with uh, two bath bombs and now I have a full uh, 15 product line um, set up with soaps and bath soaks and bubble bath and oil and just like rapidly increasing all designed for sensitive skin and sensitive parts. So what was it like going through the supplier piece of that? I would imagine that's probably the, the merchandise and the, the product piece was. I will say, I think, one of the challenges of doing a business where you are formulating something that somebody is going to use, you know, on their skin or, you know, near their body versus like manufacturing clothing is there's a different level of quality that's required. Um, at least in my opinion, um, I have a very high quality standard for the ingredients that I'm willing to expose myself to my family that I would give to my customer base. So that does make sourcing ingredients very challenging, especially in COVID, um, because a lot of the shipping has slowed down. A lot of our access to other countries and bringing things in internationally has slowed. Um, and then on top of it, you know, I've, I've always been a stickler that I was gonna run my own manufacturing. And that is probably the most expensive way you could run a skincare company. Um, in my opinion, it's also the highest quality way, which is why I think it's important to do. Um, but you know, getting staff consistently, having enough hands on deck, plus enough resources, plus the packaging, plus having to sell the product and make the product, it, it is a it is a large trifecta of things that all have to go right in order to get something out the door. And in terms of running the business during COVID, uh, how how has it how was it leading up to it? 
And then as COVID hits and you change your business structure and organizational structure, how has that been? Well, I mean, I think our reality has shifted so drastically in such a short amount of time. I think everybody has really been kicked in the teeth a lot of times this year. The thing about, we talk a lot, at least now, at least this year about self-care, but really communal care is a big part of how we function in a society, right? So me wearing a mask when I go out is an example of communal care. Me making sure my neighbor is okay, you know, how we work together in that community. Um, I think that's, we're a little weak on stuff like that in the U.S., in yeah. my opinion. Um, and so I think from a business standpoint, you know, we lost a lot of our ability to communally care for each other and to communally support each other. So a lot of my sales were on site at my retail location. A lot of, you know, my manufacturing was based on being able to bring staff into, you know, external locations to pack. And so a lot of that stuff went away. Um, when COVID hit, I moved everything in my one bedroom penthouse and became a one woman show, just keeping the business afloat. And then shortly after, maybe not six or so months, I decided to just make the move and buy a full warehouse. Wow. So, what was that yeah. process like? <laughs> That's incredible. So I wow. did, so we're actually sitting in a piece of the warehouse now. So the warehouse uh, stocks product, I manufacture product here. I'm able to control who's here, I'm able to control the cleanliness of this space. And then I also, if you look behind me, this is actually a standalone tub. The only thing we do with this bathtub is photo shoots. So it's actually set up so that this can actually always change sets, always be flipping out so that as different seasons or different campaigns run. Um, so I guess, yeah, my biggest reaction was I invested a lot of money into bringing everything sort of under my purview where you know, even if COVID continues for the next two years, I'm not prohibited from running my business. That's great. And I don't know if you have a lot of background with commercial real estate uh, purchases, but what was what was that process like? I mean, not only is it first time doing it, but then in the midst of COVID. So, well, I have crazy. a lot like my network in Atlanta is incredible. And so fortunately, I was able to tap on a personal friend who does real estate and really she just managed everything. Like I was like, this is what I need. This is what I can spend. Like, this is what I'm approved for. Let's go. And I think we went and looked at um, spots maybe three times and we put wow. in an offer and we ran. Yeah. So I think, you know, who you work with matters. I'm a big advocate of I'm not great at everything. And so what I try to do is stack people around me who are really good at things I'm not good at so that when you need something done, I can just be like, hey, I need this and this is what it has to look like. And then, you know, brings it together. Oh, that's great. And so right now you're, you're running the show as you, uh, the solo employee of JD Bathco. So we do have other employees. I have a Got CFO it. who runs all finance. Like I talked about not being good at everything. My ability to run finances are not great. <laughs> not great. Um, so <laughs> she actually manages our pricing, runs our books, run inventory, tells me the things that I can't afford and that I can't afford. She, um, we always tease that she reminds me not to fly too close to the sun. 
because it had sort of her job is like, I'm like on Mars, like we should build a space station. And she's like, okay, we have money to like build a sand castle here. <laughs> so, um, and then I also That's have right. a number of contract staff who pack product, some graphic design um, backing. And then I also have a personal assistant. This is not my only venture. So I have an assistant that also comes and just helps with a number of different things that have to happen throughout my week. Nice. So what is it like, or what's actually, what is the toughest part of juggling the different businesses, different entities, the different responsibilities? I feel like you have to be able to take some L's and like keep going. I've had a lot of struggles this year. I think a lot of people have, but you know, owning a business or even gosh, then when you have multiple, it's, it's sort of like this masochistic pursuit because you're constantly getting constantly going wrong or you're losing money out of nowhere or like things are fluctuating so fast. And so being able to keep your spirits up and keep going, you know, like, okay, that didn't go how I needed it to go. Um, but I have to get up and keep going. So earlier this year, a couple weeks back now, Atlanta got hit with hurricane level rain. We're just not built for that. The warehouse flooded and I lost 3000 units of product in my busiest season of the year. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so, and like that, these are just things that, and there's nothing I could have done better. There was nothing I could, do, there is no like, oh gosh, in hindsight, I would have done something different. Like you just, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, you just have to go with the punches. You cry your tears and you're like, that sucked. <laughs> and then you have to get up the next day and keep going because now you're behind. So you have to catch up and keep, you know, if you wanted to sell what you were supposed to sell, you have to keep going. So I think that for me is probably the most challenging part. Um, and then not working too much, making myself take breaks. So when something like that happens, your instinct is work 24 hours, like put your whole you know, self into it. But really what you need to do is like clean up the emergency you know, and go to sleep and give yourself some rest and then come back fresh where your brain is, you know, on full pistols running, ready to like solve problems and handle things. But I think that's almost like anti our instinct. Our instinct is to burn ourselves into the ground and work, work, work. And I find that the more I push myself to work, you know, to me, anything above a 15 hour day, is too much. Like I had to start giving myself like real numbers of, okay, you can only work three 15 hour days a week and anything above 15 hours, you're worthless at that point. You're not even really getting anything done. You're worn out. Yeah. So actually a couple questions from that one. So you wake up, a hurricane has wiped out a bunch of your product. What's your process for dealing with it? First, I cried a little bit. <laughs> then I had a coffee. And I just started figuring out what needed to happen. You know, there's an amount of cleanup that has to happen. So that's kind of a bitch of the whole situation. <laughs> I had only, you know, with financially bringing in sourcing ingredients, we had, so the CFO basically does predictions out of how much product do we need based on previous demand times, whatever percent, you know, on how we're growing. And so we only had so much material goods in stock to actually make product. 
So the first thing I really did was start figuring out how to source more and try to get it here within 30 days. How was that with supply chain issues? It sucks. But I think to me, right now I wear a lot of hats because we're a small business and I'm the CEO, but really for future, I wouldn't mind just holding like the operational supply chain piece of it because I actually enjoy it. I mean, it's a lot of work and it, there's a lot of ways things fluctuate or can go wrong, but I actually think, you know, net net, I don't hate it. Um, but yeah, if you think about like the bath soak has 11 different ingredients in it and those ingredients come from all different suppliers. You're not really, you know, you're not doing oh, yeah, two suppliers. Like yeah, it's, it's not <laughs> like that. So, but you know, once you get in that groove of doing it, you really kind of start to lock in and you, you know, once you work with certain vendors so much, you start to kind of. You know, you know who delivers quicker. I've got some vendors that are on site here in Atlanta or their warehouses here. So I know if I order from them, there's a likelihood I could get it quicker. Like, so you just, you know, you do your best, you cross your fingers and you hope that everything comes through. Um, and then, yeah, I got extra staff in right away and we just started doing four hour sessions of packing, packing product to catch up. So where are the majority of your customers right now? Is it heavily Atlanta based or is it National, international? Well, we do have a large customer base in Atlanta, but I mean, US heavy. I have a couple of store deals in Canada because initially we weren't internationally shipping, but I recently opened international shipping. So now we're shipping to Ireland, uh, UK, and Canada. But yeah, the largest kind of subset I would say of purchases is the US. Shockingly, Texas is our top two purchase state, which is kind of weird because I've never done any intentional marketing there, but that seems to have caught on there. So. And where can people check out your store? Most of our sales are going through um, online because COVID, it's the safest for all of us. So everything is under JD Bathco. So jdbathco.com, JD Bathco on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest. Try to keep it simple. If you are in the Atlanta area and you wanna come see us in person, we're taking exclusive uh, shopping experiences. So on the website, which is jdbathco.com, you can actually reserve a spot for you and your COVID pod to come and try all the products, you know, wash your hands with the soap and actually experience them in a, you know, sort of limited, safe environment. Cool, that's great. Well, hey, if you don't mind, we'll take a quick break and then we will be right back with Jasmine Duke. Win the Future is sponsored in part by Connecticut by the Numbers. If you're looking to learn more about what's happening and why, check out Connecticut by the Numbers, where every number tells a story. Connecticut by the Numbers goes beyond the headlines across the state. For Connecticut news that counts, visit ctnumbers.news or follow them at ctnumbers. Welcome back to Win the Future. We are here with Jasmine Duke, the owner and founder of JD Bathco. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, mentorship and kind of growing your community. And in that sense, do you want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the brunch group that you've started? So I, I've set up, um, I call them sister companies because to me they kind of live in an ecosystem together and each company does something different. So JD Bathco is a product company, you know, we specialize in luxury bath care. So that's like my, my kind of product for profit company. 
then I also have a company called Sisterhood Brunch, which is really just um, an event company where we do events for women to have a space to genuinely connect with other women and just have this really open space where we can sort of be ourselves and learn and connect. I think sometimes we are starving for genuine connection. And so if you are intentional about setting up a space where people connect, I think if you do it a certain way, they can. So before COVID, we used to do a sisterhood brunch every single month. Um, unfortunately, with the risk of COVID and the intimacy of the event, um, I postponed until next year just for safety. But previous to that, our last sisterhood brunch, we had actually had speakers on mental health. I had a counselor come in and talk about you know, our childhood trauma and how some of that stuff affects us later in life and tools to use, um, as well as like encouraging folks to seek out counseling, seek out therapy, like e even if it's just four sessions, like give that to yourself. And then we also did some activities around sort of really dialing into our joy, um, which in hindsight, I'm so glad we did that exercise about dialing into our joy before COVID hit, because this year has been such a powerful time for being able to keep your own happiness, because sometimes all we have is our own happiness, um, you know, with all the isolation. So I think that I was happy that we ended up doing that as kind of the you know the last event of the year i know that uh, mental health is really important to you and um our conversations um what advice would you have for folks who are at home maybe struggling and haven't hadn't taken that proactive approach to to tackling some some challenges that they're facing now i think kind of the first step in anything when we talk about mental health is just acknowledging that we're not robots, we're humans. So I think step one is really just like giving yourself that grace and understanding that, hey, you're a human and all of us are humans going through a very challenging situation that came out of the blue. Give yourself some space. If you're tired, get rest. This is not the year to push yourself over the edge on your productivity. If you can take a nap in the day and you're tired, take a nap in the day and give yourself that rest. We're going through an almost constant, you know, struggle of watching chaos and a pandemic and the uncertainty of having a job and the economy that's fluctuating and the switch of a, of a very stressful presidential election. So if you feel wiped out, don't react by, you know, beating yourself up about not being more productive. This is the time to let your body get that rest, to let your mind get that rest. And if all you do is the best you can every day, that's fine. If the only thing you did was keep the kids and yourself alive, maybe you got a plant somewhere that's still alive. <laughs> that's fine. Like let yeah. that be enough for this time period because it, it is enough. And if you can, I always recommend therapy. Um, I see a therapist when COVID hit, I started seeing her once a week because of the amount nice. of stress and uncertainty, plus the election, plus I had some family losses, trying to keep the business afloat. Like I just knew that I needed that kind of support, even if all I did was just sit in, you know, on Zoom calls with her and have her tell me you're doing enough. That in itself is such a beautiful way to keep yourself afloat.
Agreed. I do the same. So, and the perfectionism piece is, uh, is a challenge. And it, it's interesting because it comes across almost as though now we have uh, the ability to work from home and perfectionism would probably logically not be the focus there. But to the other side of that, it's almost as though you now have unlimited amounts of time to accomplish things. And it, it kind of accentuates that perfectionism and it's a challenge for sure. I mean, I had been working remote for several years before COVID hit. So for me, the transition wasn't as extreme, except for there's nothing to go do. There's no natural break in your day where you play bingo on Wednesdays or where you, you know, but I do think a lot of folks struggled because if you're used to not working in your home, you've lost all the behavioral cues that happen throughout your day that tell you, okay, it's time to stop working or even your body, yeah. you know, if every day you clock out at five and you get in your car and then you come home, like your body understands once that ha starts to happen, okay, my day is winding down. I'm going to be different now. Well, we lost that. So it is very easy to sit and work, you know, excessive amount of hours. And I think also there's this fear piece that nobody wants to lose their job. Like if yeah. you have a job right now, you don't want to lose it. And you've got companies that are doing layoffs and doubling workloads because they know that there's this, you know, fear and that people are willing to do more right now because they're scared trying to transition to another job. Nice. Same, same. So this is kind of a random aside, but text messages, do you use texting in your, your own marketing? Yep. I sure do. Have you found it to be pretty effective? So far, so good. Yeah, I actually just recently started dabbling in the text marketing. Um, so Black Friday has been our first like big uh, text campaign where you actually have like the automation. So essentially people go through a journey so that they're sort of given deals at different cadences. Um, and so, yeah, so far it's been super effective. I also like you can do like the gifts and stuff, which is fun. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> yeah, any kind true. of like cool, I like all the corny, like, uh, <laughs> images and stuff. So <laughs> what's, what's your go-to image? I use that bathtub emoji. I like overuse. I think it's even in my email signature. Like it's always in my recents. Uh, yesterday I sent all my friends a gif of a turkey dancing with butter being poured across its backside. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Love it. Well, Jasmine, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I can't thank you enough. And anything else you want to um, say to the audience or encourage them to, to, to visit the site again? Uh, yeah. So, well, I will, I'll say these words. I think we've been going through a, a tough season and it's still going to be tough for a while, but I think we need to focus on how we can be kind to each other. Um, and, you know, what is that quote? Uh, if you want to see the world be better, go home and love your family. You don't have to change the whole world. It's enough to just take care of and check in on the five people closest to you. That makes a world of difference. And I think right now we need to focus on, you know, even with people who are maybe nasty or mean to us and is rooting ourselves in that kindness so that we as a community can start coming out of you know, this stronger with less animosity towards each other. Um, and then I will, of course, mention the site again. My name is Jasmine Duke. I'm the CEO of JD Bathco. You can find us at jdbathco.com or jdbathco on any social platform. 
Awesome. Well, Jasmine, thank you so much. You're the best. Appreciate it. And keep up the great work. And thank you. Thank you for listening to the Win the Future podcast, sponsored by the strategic communications firm, A Better Campaign. Make sure to visit our website at abettercampaign.com backslash win the future. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you for tuning in. Please tune in again next Thursday for another episode of Win the Future.